You have to sell yourself, but you have to sell yourself in a way that's coming off as like, I'm me, this is what I am, this is what I've done, this is what I'm about, Mm -hmm. and not having the ego drive you. Mm -hmm. Because then when you get to the opportunity, if your ego is driving you, usually you're not going to be your best self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone, and yeah, yeah, I got a... I got a close homie here with me today at Everybody's Land. Um, we have actually a lot of similar interests, uh, one being baseball. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna discuss baseball, indie ball, pro ball, uh, and probably some other things on this episode. But uh, Brad, welcome. I like Everybody Land. Yeah, this is cool. I feel I feel like a big shot. I'm here. Right? You know, I got this little thing up here. You can't see it on camera, yeah. but I'm pretty proud of that. I feel like I had to politic a little bit to get here. You did. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, you're you know you're a popular guy. You're I mean you're a busy man. You know, and I, I was. Yeah. And, and I used to be too. Now I'm not. Now I have a summer free. And well, that's I'm, true. I'm normal now. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what it's like to have summers where you just you get to hang out with hang your out family. on a Tuesday. You get to hang out with your family more yeah, often. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad. I felt like I kind of slighted you because this is my first trip to everybody's land, and yeah. you've been here for a bit. Yeah. I mean, you've been here for a minute. Since January. Yeah, and I haven't made it by, so I felt like maybe we had heat. Maybe there was a little <laughs> beef. So I wanted to squash that. Yeah, mad heat. Yeah, mad beef. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to um, be Yeah, what's today's date? Uh, 7th. Today's July 7th. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, I've been here since January. Mm-hmm. I haven't made it. Your first time here, but you did bring Bud Lights. I did. So, pool anything. Pool water, a.k.a. pool water. No, God's water. Hey, I want to know something, and I, and... To pull the curtain all the way back here, I said that I was going to save this for the show, so I'll just come right out of the shoot with it. All right. Would would the heel Jackson Stone have ever admitted that he drank Bud Light? No. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was so hard for me to never admit that I drank Bud Light. How about eating gummy worms? Oh man, never. So so the thing, not, with, especially not from the gas station. Yeah. The thing with gummy worms here, the reason we're eating gummy worms is this is Jackson and I's thing. So. When we're, you know, making magic on the mic here, this is version two, volume, volume two, mm-hmm. uh, it's our thing to eat gummy worms. Yeah. It's our thing to smack loudly into the mics. Oh, yeah. These will when catch I, it. When I watched that show back, our smacking, I, I couldn't take it. Which one we did commentary? Yeah. Which one was that? Uh, that was, um, that was GCW, um, Maggie Martinez Tag Team Invitational yeah, right? Very important show mm-hmm. Yeah <clears throat> Speaking of that The last time I did see you I did your podcast mm-hmm. The Time Limit Draw mm-hmm. What a great time With Rogelio mm-hmm. What a guy What a what scout What a dude Yeah Ro what's up buddy I appreciate everything Him and Lucha Portal Have been doing uh, Throughout the whole Speaking Out movement mm-hmm. Very important <clears throat> to us Yeah we gotta be vocal about it mm-hmm. um, I shot a video um, With Greg mm-hmm. Our man Greg The mm-hmm. other day And he was speaking to me About a few things You guys were doing Mm-hmm. We don't need to talk about them now. They'll come out when they come out. It's going to be big. Um, but I'm pumped. So look out for that. Um, and know that if you're a wrestling fan out there uh, and you have kids, um, Lucha Brutal is a safe environment, will be a safe environment. Um, a lot of people backstage are working hard um, to get that for you guys. Uh, and they've brought on a few people to uh, implement some of those things that we've been talking about on Twitter with the speaking out movement um, and all that. So I think that's a good step in the right direction. I'm trying to do my part as a as a wrestler in Texas to you're, you're, to see that to be on the forefront of that. You know, you're at the front of the line when it comes to that. And I so think that, I think that there needs to be, you know, I'm I like what we're doing as a company with Lucha Brutal, but it's not just companies. Uh, it's got to be talent that mm-hmm. steps up to the forefront. I think there needs to be 
more that follow your lead. Um, there's so many things that you've done that people know about. There's things that you've done that people have no idea for that you're not looking for, for limelight or exposure for. But the point being is we've all got to do it together. And it's got to, it has to start now. It can't be something that we put off. It can't be something that's minimalized when we all come back. Uh, the spotlight needs to stay on it. Mm -hmm. um, it it's big, and, uh, and I feel like you've got it started in that right direction. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've been talking to Heel Face Wrestling as well, and they're doing a lot of stuff. Because they go to a lot of shows and do video and do camera and do mm -hmm. all the stuff, uh, you know, on the side of the ring and in, in, in the back. So they're doing a lot of stuff, too, um, which is important. I mean, it's a time for us to all basically come together. We've been talking about this. I feel like this has been talked about for a long time, just not the Speaking Out movement, but specifically like Texas companies yeah. working together. Yeah. You know, and we've seen these weekends where like there's shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all the companies are sharing talent to fly them in. That cut cohesive bond is what we need going forward in terms of to safeguard the business, to safeguard the fans, the wrestlers, and the kids to make the shows, you know, healthy, happy, and, and safe. Mm -hmm. So, no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone knows that the Speaking Out movement hit me very hard, very close to home. Um, I'm still trying to navigate some of those feelings and emotions that obviously don't go away right away. Mm -hmm. um, but that's it's important for me to, you know, to deal with those and talk about them and address them. Um, I know it hit you close to home as well, yeah, kind of in did. the same realm. Um, you can talk about that today. Yeah, you can yeah. say as much or as little as you want. But yeah. uh, you know, it. Um, yeah, it, it hit me really close. Uh, we're gonna talk at some point. I mean, let's just attack the elephant in the room here. Uh, you and I were both very close to Andy. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna talk about Andy today, but yeah, it was. Uh, you know, you, you start reading that stuff, and, and from my perspective. I started reading it about people that I had no association with, and you read it and you look at it, and from afar, not knowing the people, you're like, oh, that's disgusting, you can't believe that. But then when you're reading about someone that you thought you knew and that you were close to and that you tried to kind of extend that olive branch of friendship and try to help out, and, and, and you're learning about a, a side of them that you didn't know existed, mm -hmm. Uh, that's 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 tough. And then you, at least for me personally, you add the element of someone that has daughters around that age. Um, man, that made it that made it even tougher to stomach. And I haven't. Um, you and I talking about today is the first time publicly I've said anything. I've been very silent, and as it as it pertains to Andy, right? Uh, and and you know, there's people that you know I've seen some stuff online about. Uh, people saying things like, you know, your silence speaks volumes. I agree with that in some respects, but in some respects I don't. And here's why. Because I think from 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 what you're doing, uh, from what we want to do with Lucha Brutal, and now the way that I'm going to talk about it today, uh, words are powerful, mm -hmm. right? And you, and you only have one shot. They always say you have one chance at a first impression, right? Right. We also have one chance at getting your feelings out there, but getting them out there in a constructive way to where it's just not finger pointing and bashing and, oh, that guy's a piece of shit or that guy's t this or that. No, it's, it's more than that, right? It's trying to steer the conversation in a direction that could be productive for everybody. It could be productive for us in terms of healing. It can be productive for those that were 
these brave women that were that were influenced. Absolutely, uh, it can be it can be productive for wrestling companies and how to to act and how to go setting the standard moving forward. So, uh, I'll be upfront in saying that me not talking about it until today it was very calculated because I didn't want to say something that a I didn't mean, and then b could be misconstrued for something different than what it was. So. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been tough for all of us. Yeah, for sure. I mean it's I, yeah I uh, <clears throat> I think when people say silence is violence or whatever whatever the phrase is I don't I don't know exactly but it means a lot of different things right if you take it as face value you just assume that their silence they're not doing anything right they're just they're not they don't care mm-hmm. but I think I think in terms of in another way in another light that activism or healing or tough conversations that you have are done in your inner circle Mm -hmm. and not on social media Mm -hmm. right it's okay to address you have to address those things on social media at some point so that the majority or the wider audience can understand who you are and how you feel Mm -hmm. so that your fans then or the people who follow you then can connect you on that level but the way to address something that's so heartbreaking um and just like hits you very deep, yeah. you have to you have to then kind of figure out how you feel first, and yeah. then go about it. You know. Yeah. So there's many like we always associate consequences negatively, mm-hmm. but that's not always the case. No. The no. consequence of your silence may have been that you're able to heal, you're able to talk to your daughters, you're able mm-hmm. to talk to your wife, your business mm-hmm. partner about how you guys want to go forward. Mm-hmm. That's that's a positive consequence because yeah. then when you do come out and say something. It's exactly what you mean, and you've already taken those steps internally and as a business to then make those yeah. healthy safeguards. And, you know, I'm thankful that in my case with my family, that my daughters at least aren't tied to the wrestling world. So it's not a discussion that we've had. Right. It's not something they even know about yet because, A, I'm not comfortable having that discussion with them yet from the perspective of, Dad, what? Why do you let somebody like that in your house, right? Because I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know how to answer that. Now, from my wife's perspective, also knows Annie very well. She's concerned, you know. She's she has questions, but uh, you know, I haven't talked to Andy yet because I, I don't. I don't know that I know a what to say and b anything that I would say yet could be to try to find something positive moving forward in terms of him rebuilding his life or, or, or me trying to be supportive of that. Or I'm just, I, I don't, I don't know how to cross that bridge yet. Will I? Yeah. The day's going to come where I'll be comfortable having that conversation. Eventually that conversation just isn't going to take place today. Right. I mean, it's only been three weeks, right? Right. And that's also incredible that since the speaking out movement, so many good things have come from the brave women speaking out. Yeah. And the only way we really tell those women that we appreciate what you did, and men, excuse me, yeah. and everyone, that we appreciate what you did is by actually making real change. So, you know, wrestling's not really fully back yet. There's shows sporadically here and there, which actually gives us a really good time to plan and prioritize the things that are important. So. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that. That's that. Okay. So, that's that. Yeah. We're, we always uh, start Jackson Talks, everybody, with the tough combos. 
with the tough stuff. People like that. And there's going to be jackassery in this episode. We're yeah, yeah, cut up. Yeah, yeah. but we need um, to get to the real stuff. All right. So we'll talk about you quick. All right, let's do it. So you're uh, you obviously are uh, in in professional baseball. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not doing much right now, right? Uh, as in anyone else. Uh, uh, yeah, I broadcast for the Cleveland Railroaders of the American Association. This would have been year number four. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, COVID's kind of put a little damper to that. Yeah. Uh, half our league is playing right now. In fact, it's the only professional baseball in America right now being played wow. today. There's uh, games today. Yeah, there's playing? three games tonight. Uh, there's six teams in our league, Chicago Dogs. Milwaukee Milkman, Fargo, uh, Moorhead Redhawks. Of course, Fargo's playing. Uh, yeah, yeah. St. Paul Saints, mm-hmm. uh, Sioux Falls Canaries. Sioux Falls. And the Winnipeg Goldass. So, yeah, those six teams are going at it. 60-game season that started on the third. Um, so, yeah, they're playing right now, the only baseball in America. But we weren't a part of that, unfortunately. So, well, yeah, I get, to, I get to have my summers as like a normal person. I haven't had summer vacations or – being able to do what normal people do during yeah. the summer. I, it's been baseball for 108 nights for me. So right. it's kind of strange. It's like Any big plans? Tuesday just hanging. Any big plans? Uh, you yeah, and the family yeah, take a trip or something? Yeah, we'll probably do a couple vacations, do, do a couple fun things. My oldest daughter gets married in uh, 12 days on Ooh, the 19th. Congratulations. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Cheers. So shout out to Morgan. Amazing. Morgan and Logan. Um, we love love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they're getting married on the 19th. Uh, Going to have a big wedding at the house. Because obviously wedding venues are a little difficult to come by. Very right difficult, there. yeah. So yeah, but we're going to do it upright. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have that. Do a couple of trips and uh, just make the most of the summer off. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's wild though because, well, the baseball part, not that your daughter's getting married. <laughs> uh, because minor league baseball got completely shut down. Yeah, M- yeah. The the affiliated ranks of MILB, they're they're done. There there is no year for them. So there's you know it sucks because there's there's a lot of players obviously that aren't getting to play. There's a lot of broadcasters that aren't getting to to broadcast games and practice their their forte. So yeah, it's not. Sports world, I mean, everything, even wrestling. I mean, you, you go across the landscape, everybody's affected right now. And we're just trying to kind of make our way through it and make the most of it. Do I the best we can. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so for people who are listening aren't familiar with kind of the baseball trajectory. So when you're a baseball player, um, you can get drafted out of high school. Um, so you can get drafted out of high school. And then you go to a major league uh, team and you play for their minor league affiliates until maybe you make it up to the minors. You can go single A, double A, triple A majors. Um, and then when you go to college, you can then get drafted after your junior year or your senior year. Um, if you don't get drafted to a major league team, you can then still play professional baseball, um, what's called independent baseball, um, which is where Brad's team is. Um, obviously, the pay scale is a little different, but, um, but the talent is still there. And it is professional baseball. It is. So it's very cool. A lot of my teammates um, did it for a few years in the American Association League. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a guy uh, who I played with named Caleb Thielbar. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's been up and down in the minor, majors, yep. minors, and back to independent ball. Now he's on the 60-man roster for the Twins. So if you want to play ball, there's a way, there's a will. You know, you just got to keep grinding. A lot of, lot of similarities between wrestling and baseball in that aspect. Yes. You just got to hammer it out. I mean... Talking about the American Association, there's there's household names uh, that that have played in our league. Max Scherzer got to start right down the road in Fort Worth with the Cats. Yeah, and now he's you know bringing home about thirty about thirty mil a year. He's yeah. doing all right for himself. 
Got a couple bucks in his pocket. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it is it's a grind. It's something that if it's your dream, you don't give up on. Whether it's pertaining to, to playing or in, in my realm, broadcasting. Uh, it's kind of funny. You and I are really mainly me. I've joked about forever that the most the three most popular folks in the wrestling business that have wrestling slash baseball ties are you, I, and Tony Schiavone. That's right. right? Um, in that order. Uh, yeah. but, uh, and Randy, Randy Savage goes number four. Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless the macho man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's a grind. But I mean, hey, that's what that's what makes chasing the dream worth it, right? right. It's that grind. It's, the, it's not just getting there. It's the journey to getting there. So The process is what's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it is. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. <clears throat> Have a gummy worm? Yeah, absolutely. Smack away. Yeah. How, what do you think about my uh, my my uh, everybody's land warming gifts? Yeah. So uh, Brad came over with Bud Light, eighteen pack bottles. Yeah. So and tell him tell him what you did when he answered the door. So, well, first he knocked on the door. And I said it's open. Come in. It wasn't open. <laughs> Got up, unlocked the door. Saw that he had an eighteen pack of Bud. Grabbed the Bud. Pushed him out the door and then shut the door. Said, "Thanks for coming, man. Have mm-hmm. a good night." Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I was joking. Let him. Let him. I was halfway to the truck. Yeah, he's like, "Cool, whatever, dude." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. Anyone who comes over with Bud Lights to the uh, to the house is a, a solid move. Isn't yeah, it? it's a good it's a good play. It'll get you in the good graces. You know, I want to I want to pretend like a Bennett. Yeah, yeah, you might be able professional. to. You might be able to crash in the couch now. I'm <laughs> in. Oh, oh, <laughs> good times. So your one daughter's getting married. Yeah. Your your younger daughter. My oldest is getting married. The the twins are still. But they were in college before yeah. before yes. COVID hit. Right, playing softball. Playing softball. Yeah, yeah. Brooke is at uh, Arkansas Tech. Allie is at Texas Wesleyan. Amazing. Both doing well. And so their seasons got canceled. Yeah, they got yeah. And Brooke Brooke was uh, Brooke was second in the country in RBI. She was killing it, hitting. 440. That's incredible. She had a... Those are some she numbers, had, baby. She was putting up video game numbers. Let's go. For the first, like, 15 games, and then COVID had to get in the way, so... How do they feel she about was, that? Well, she was off to an All-American start, right? Yeah. And then came crashing down. So she's she's got a chip on her shoulder, a little pissed off, ready to get back after it. But, again, it's the drive, right? That's what's going to push her to hopefully do that, and then some whenever they get back, hopefully... And, and uh, this this coming uh, spring, so have they been able to train it on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't they don't quit. They don't quit on that. The COVID's not going to stop them in that. So yeah, they're training probably uh, three four days a week. Um, coaching too. Coaching yeah. select. You know, nice. Coaching select in the Glory organization. So yeah, they're keeping busy, man. They're not. You know, they don't quit. So. That's what's up. Yeah, they're doing well. Has doing it been well. nice having them home. Uh yeah yeah yeah. It's been good. They um. You know, they, they like to rib me a lot. They like to rib me a lot because now I've been home a lot too. Right. right? So they like to, uh, you know, they like to critique uh, critique dad's work, whether it be in wrestling or in, or in uh, baseball. They like to, you know, poke fun at me a little bit. Um, just, uh, in fact, I'll break, let me break a little news right mm-hmm. now. I'm Jackson Stumper, right? Mm-hmm. So the big, uh, the big two-day show uh, over in North Richland Hills at the end of August. Sure. Uh, 27th, 28th. Uh, I will, yours truly, will be re-announcing that two-day event. Uh, and so uh, my, Allie and Brooke were with me when I got the call 
to, to be asked to do that. And uh, rather than any congratulations or, oh, that's cool, or it's going to be a fun experience, they asked why I wasn't on the show poster. That's what's up, though. That's what I would ask, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm on both on those shows. So have fun. Good yeah, luck. Yeah. So, uh, so that'll be fun, you know, just to get back and, and do something because, obviously, with COVID, the, the, sh- the shows are few and far between. Uh, Lucha Bertal, we're getting getting ready for some things. So we, we got some things in the works, but no shows as of yet. We want to wait until the pandemic passes. So hopefully uh, it'll be an opportunity to just get out and work a little bit. And, yeah. And There's say, a lot of cool people. See folks. Chandler, Chandler Hopkins will be on that show. So is my, my boy Jordan Oliver's on yeah, that Jordan show. Yeah, Jordan Oliver's on that show. He's you know, we, we had Jordan booked for Lucha Bertal the, the last year. He's going to stay here. He's yeah. going to stay here. Right. And, he and uh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of toot my own horn in terms of uh, things we do. You know, as the executive producer uh, and of uh, Lucha Bertal, like it's, it's uh, executive director, I'm sorry. I, I take part in some of the booking decisions. Ro and I will sit down and we'll we'll plan out. And um, in fact, it was you. You were kind of all the branch to get us to Jordan. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, I remember reaching out to you. And I'm like, hey, I need to get a hold of Jordan. And and I remember pitching it to Ro. And I'm like, man, we got to have Jordan Oliver. You know, this 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 cat's he's doing he's it. Right? Super sorry, he's yeah. doing it. And uh, and we hadn't, uh, you know, no one in Texas had at that time had an opportunity to see Jordan yet. Right. Um, so, again, COVID kind of got in the way, but we're going to have Jordan, For Jordan sure. back when we come back. And For sure. And that guy's he's, he's doing big things, and sky's the limit for him. Yeah, he's really, uh, really good. <clears throat> he's one of the most creative people that I've ever been around. Yeah. One, one of the most creative people and the most excited people I've had the pleasure of calling a match with. It's mm-hmm. cool when you can go back and forth calling a match with someone and they get as excited as you. Yeah. Because that flow of energy is like... Yeah. You know, it's unmatched, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it translates into like a really good vibe in the ring, which right. translates to some good chemistry, which usually translates to a pretty good match. Yeah, we uh, originally, we were kicking around the idea at the time of who, who to put him in the ring with, and uh, we ended up uh, going with, uh, we were going to put him in a three-way with uh, Rocket Boy Wilson and Will Alday. Nice. And that would have... They have, I'm convinced the three of them would have blown the roof off the joint. Absolutely, that would have been stellar. So, yeah. uh, we'll see what happens when we come back. I don't, you know, we'll see what we do with Jordan in terms of who we pair him with. But man, that that three ways that'll be hot, juicy. Yeah. I uh, speaking of Will all day, I uh, I've, I've talked to him a decent bit at some shows in the past few, uh, maybe six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, he we had a show together on Friday, and then he came over on Saturday. And we hung out for a few hours. Man, what a, what a good guy. Will's a good dude. You know, it was funny. And small, a hell of an athlete, too. Small world story. So, uh, before I ever knew Will, uh, I knew his brother, Forrest. His, his brother plays in the American Association. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Forrest is, man. He's really a stud. Good. Really, really good. Really yeah. good baseball player. Really good. And uh, so, yeah, the, those those athletic genes run in the all-day family. Yeah, real, real last name all-day. Uh, definitely, they have the genes. They do. They do. They yeah. Because him and Jordan wrestled a match. They had a three-way with someone else. I don't remember who it was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And Jordan, I talked to Jordan after the match about it. Mm-hmm. He was ranting and raving about how good Will was. Yeah. I was like, yeah, man. Guy's a couple years in. Yeah. Just a confident guy. Yeah. You know, he's an adult, right? So mm-hmm. he, he kind of knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Handles his business very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was cool to get to chat with him. Yeah. It's funny how, how, uh, how things have come along. I mean, like when I think first show you and I were on together... 
was uh, 2017 in Cleburne mm-hmm. for Rampage. Yep. Man, in some ways that seems like yesterday, mm-hmm. but in some ways that seems like a million years ago. Yeah, I just got back from my first trip to Germany. Yeah, right. And that was a, uh, yeah, it was, it was like a five-sided ring, I believe. Yeah, six-sided. Yeah. Six-sided yeah. ring. Yeah. Can't really be five-sided, yeah. whatever. Right. Anyways. Yeah. We'll scrap, uh, we'll edit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah someone will. It'll yeah. be me. It'll be me. Uh, no, I won't be edited. Uh, <laughs> it's raw. All part of the comedy. Raw and uncut. Raw. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Even though I'm, the guy that edits these for me, his name's Ben. He lives in the UK. He's an inc- he's an incredible. He he could do it, but whatever. Anyways, thanks, Ben. You're the man. Right. <clears throat> Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it, but it seems what a crazy, like what a cool show, though. Yeah, it seems like forever ago, and then. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Where else have we worked together? We uh, we worked together at Southern Junction. Yeah. What was that? War of the Genders Three? Is that what that one? Yeah. 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 With Sabotage. Yeah. yeah. Sabotage. Yeah. And Lucha Brutal. Yeah. Co-promoted show. Yeah. We yeah. did a, uh, maybe. I mean, we obviously did the commentary together. Right. Because oh yeah, we did the commentary together. I, cr- at, I cracked at, my jawbone or yeah, broke my jawbone. Yeah. Or my cheekbone, not my yeah. jawbone. That was a lot of fun. Smacking gummy worms. Oh man, yeah. For three hours. Yeah. We got a little. We got a little tipsy. Was that your first crack at the at the table? Yes. That was it. That was, that was the that first was go number one. First time I'd ever done commentary. You know what? I, I want J- Jackson Stone fans to seek that show out. Seek that show out, Maggie Martinez. Uh, Memorial Invitational Tag Tournament. Seek that show out because literally, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't we literally tell you like the day of the show, hey, we're, we're putting you on color commentary tonight? Something like that because I was supposed to be on it, right? Yeah. But then I broke my jaw, yeah. my cheekbone. And then we were like, come to the show anyway, we're putting yeah. you on color tonight. I think that's right? the time it was. I don't yeah. actually remember if it was that. I, I want to say, well, I I, yeah, you were injured, obviously, that's why you're at the table, but if my memory serves me correctly, like we gave you no notice, like literally it was the day of. Maybe, but it was yeah. fun. But you were ready. I'll never forget. You're like, yeah, man, let's let's go, let's do it. I mean, you had all the notes. I kind of yeah. just played off of you, right? And I'm, I was pretty familiar with every guy that was in the ring because yeah. I've either seen them wrestle or wrestled them or right. been around them or whatever. Right. I like doing commentary. It's fun. Yeah, it's good. It's I good like chatting up. Yeah, I was hyping good. the boys. You know, it was good. Stuff. I didn't hype everyone because you know, it is what it is. Yeah, no, but you you, you did. You seemed like but you had talent, especially for. First time out. Thank you. You know, no, you know, no, no, like, you didn't have time for pregame jitters. You didn't have time for, it was just, just get show after. time, go to work. I think yeah. the Jack Daniels had something to do with it. Maybe, but, maybe. And the Swedish Fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other yeah. than that, it's all just mad, right. mad skill. You got the pop coming through the curtain. We <laughs> sold you coming to the table, and then you just kind of took it over and ran with it. There we go. Yeah, so Michael Cole, look out. Who are your favorite wrestling commentators? Uh, of all time? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm an old school guy. Um, there are a couple of real like mid '80s guys I like. I love Bob Cottle, who did a bunch of Mid Atlantic stuff, NWA stuff back mid '80s. He was just he's one of these old school guys and just a Southern draw. And he's the kind of guy like you looked at him like, man, that could be my grandpa. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he was just he just made you feel good. You know what I mean? So I liked him. Uh, I, I loved Joey Styles. ECW because yeah. Joey was the first one to be by himself. There was no color guy. It was just him. So it was sink or swim. There's no one to throw the you know the the raft out to him if he was sinking. So I have a lot of respect for that because yeah. that's not easy. It's hard. Very difficult. So I like Joey Styles a lot. Uh, 
uh, Mauro Ronaldo is the best broadcaster in the world to me. Yeah, I mean, just Mauro, in general, Mauro's un- unbelievable. Like his 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 study and preparation, um, and then some of the things that he battles with in his personal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mauro, like huge amount of respect for for Mauro. Um, but then. Uh, another guy that I that I really have a lot of respect for is Kevin Kelly because I got to work under him. I was kind of under the learning tree of Kevin Kelly yeah. when I had my WWE tryout back in 2000, and then got to pair up with him for a brief stint uh, in ROH in 2009. No, no, I'm sorry, 2000. I'm sorry, that's not right. 2013. Okay. Um, so I have a lot of respect for Kevin Kelly, uh, but those guys, Ke- I would say Kevin Kelly, Mauro Ronaldo current are the best two guys in the world and how funny that neither of them are on the WWE grand stage like to me WWE is absolutely missing the boat with Morrow like I don't know if it's the thing that Morrow wants to be I in NXT be. Yeah, I, think I know I know he had his riff with JBL back in the years and that's kind of what gravitated him towards NXT to get away from all that but He's so good, man. Yeah. He's so good at what he does. But then again, he fits the NXT product because I think the NXT product, especially with guys that are there now like Keith Lee, Gargano, some right. of the others. I mean, to me, that's the best stuff on Money. TV. Yeah. If you if uh, um, your company Lucha Brutal had endless supply of money, mm-hmm. who would join the commentary booth with you um, for every show? You know what? It, I if. If it was me, like, and here's what I've liked. I've liked that I haven't stepped in it yet. I think JT Lamada, what he's doing right now is he's really, really good. JT and, and, and Eamon are doing really, really good work. But if that if the the money train was endless. Endless, endless. You know what? I'm, I'm as crazy as it sounds, I'm keeping Lamada in there. Sure. Lamada's staying, but I'm, I'm bringing Mario on board, and it would be Mario, Eamon, and, and JT. Okay. I mean, yeah, it'd be a three-man booth for those three guys. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, probably cost a couple bucks, though. I don't think I have that much in my wallet. So. Well, Morrow's value should be extremely high. He's yes. incredible. Yes, very good work. He should be getting paid for his worth. Very good work. Yeah, no doubt. He, you can just feel his energy. You know, mm-hmm. that's what that's all you want to do. Morrow. No matter if you're in the ring performing or you're speaking about what's going on in the ring, yeah. people want to feel that energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's all that flow. Can you imagine, like, how good he would be? Like, here here would be a great comedy bit. Take, like, uh, oh, Rose calling me in there. Uh, sorry, Answer bro. Got to get back to him. Answer it. Tell me what you're doing. Uh-huh. Let's put him on speaker. Yeah. Hey, hey Ro. Yeah. Uh, you're in the middle of uh, Jackson Talks, everybody. Like, literally, we're, we're filming, we're and we decided, right we decided to pick up the phone. So, you want to say hello to the world? Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jackson here was just putting you over, actually. Yeah, heavy. Like literally, just majorly putting you over. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll I'm about to get into a, a great story. Actually, we were just talking about, and in fact, you verify this. Uh, Jackson's commentary debut wasn't that at, at your sister's show. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, we were right. I I, I was pretty much right. He was trying to make me waver, but I thought no way. (laughs) I thought that's what the show was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. I'll call you. Okay. Rogelio Martinez, owner of Lucha Brutal. What a guy. Um, What a guy. Yeah. Follow Lucha Brutal. So uh, going back to my Morrow bit, like you and I are all about comedy. We like to laugh. We like to do yeah, for sure. Can you imagine if you had a guy like Morrow? 
and think like hit when he's really into it, right? Like think of your signature NXT match with yeah. his signature, you know, the mama me or whatever the signature call, right? Yeah. Put Morrow, put Morrow at the bar with you and I, right? Look, let's go back to Orlando. Okay. This is a great story. This is a great Jackson Stone story. Orlando, Florida, WrestleMania week. We are at the Joey Janelle Spring Break. Yeah. We're Joe. In fact, this is the first time that Jackson and I hung out together. Oh yeah, that's right. We we are at the Joe Janela uh, Spring Break show, and uh, Jackson and I are at the bar to grab a beverage. And we go up there, and it was you and I and Tyler Bate. Uh-huh. You, I, and Tyler Bate are at the bar. Uh, we're just talking, just just having a good time. Three of us just chatting it up. Uh, guy comes and stumbles up that was inebriated out of his mind. This guy's like, he had to have been 20 drinks. Yeah, yeah, he was having a rough night. Yeah, he was he was on the downside. <laughs> the roller coaster ride, he's coming down. Like, it's yeah. it's coming to a crashing halt for him, right? And uh, he was just, he was being borderline belligerent. Like, he wasn't being violent or anything like that, but he just, we didn't want him there. And... Uh, and I don't know, like his infatuation with you. He got like, like he wanted to just like get all up in your area, right? So like, close. He was so and, close to my face. Yeah. And Jackson, in true form, just smiling it off. You know, hey buddy, having a good night tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to be nice to him, and and the guy just the guy wouldn't go away. And then I think I might have said something to try to initiate him leaving. And then he wanted to be kind of tough guy. Yeah. Right? yeah. He, and then it kind yeah. of turned to tough. Guy. Tables turned a little bit. Right. And I and was like, you don't want to, you don't want to do that, buddy. That would that wouldn't end well for you. you yeah. Know? And you tried to, you tried to, you know, kind of again play the good guy role. But put the point to telling that story. Put Morrow right in the middle of that. So we got the trio with us awesome. having cocktails, and then you got Morrow right there. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, Kim, that's good comedy right there. Right? <laughs> And when Morrow's like like his exuberance and his man, that would be that's a YouTube hit, right? There, that's true. Right? That's a YouTube hit. So that's the ideas that go through my head. We'll call that guy Jim. We'll call him Jim. Jim. Man. Jim walked away. I think he got home safe. We hope he made it home. Thanks safe. for the good story, Jim. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. One, one a minute. One yeah. a minute. Yeah. That was a great show, though, mm. Joey Janela. Mm. Spring Break. Mm. I think that might have been the first ever one. Another, another funny thing about that about that night. In, in fact, I don't even know if you remember this part, but we go back down and and we're off kind of secluded with 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 a bunch of the boys and, and watching the show kind of in the dark corner. And uh, I remember I don't remember the match, but you and I and a couple others, Cedric Alexander was down there. We we're watching the match and. I just remember looking up and, and there was oh it was in the it was the the uh, that insane battle royal or oh, the, cluster, the clusterfuck clusterfuck yeah where they did the door spot right yeah. where they put the the door up on the and I remember I'm like oh and that's the first time I had seen the spot and yeah. I'm like oh my god that is sick and I remember like I'm looking at you or looking at somebody I'm like oh that's sick and then I, I turn to the other side and I'm like it's just Kevin Owens like just as close to me and I'm like. Oh, hey, it's Kevin. Not that I marked out like it, I you know, but I was like, I did heavy. Yeah, and I'm like, what? What? In the, how? When? First off, when did you show up, right? And second off, you know, like what? I don't know. I guess I was questioning. What are you doing here? You know, 
he was there just to watch it like yeah. Luke, you and I were just just being fans. But he's a huge fan of wrestling. First off, loves yeah. indie wrestling because yeah. that's where he got to start. Sure, sure. And uh, from what I don't, I mean, that's the only. I guy. think I steamed him too. I think I called him Kevin Steamed. I, I didn't talk to him in that moment, but from what I see on social media, man, he seems like such a good like down to earth dude. Yeah, and I, I had I had literally like a ninety second exchange with him. Yeah. Where, like we told stories of the past twenty years, but. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of him and his work. Yeah, it was was cool that those guys has come and check out the show and see. Yeah, the hard work that the indie guys are putting in. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. good time that night. Always sad there was no WrestleMania this year. That was literally right before the the kind of the beginning of the whole Keith Lee explosion. Oh yeah, right. Because in fact, I remember we were chatting him up that night. Yeah, uh, before that show. He was crushing it then. He's yeah. even more crushing it now. Murdering what it. What a guy, dude. Yeah. Absolute stallion. Yeah. Um, yeah. WrestleMania weekend's always cool. Super sad it wasn't didn't happen this year. Yeah. The show was cool itself, but it was kind of odd being in front of no fans at the yeah. Performance Center. Yeah. And really heartbreaking for the indie guys who put so much work in all yeah. here to kind of get those shows. But and we were pumped because, yeah. you know, we were going to have a show. We had a Texas Forever show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff, but it'll happen eventually. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all still in the works. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. It was a good time. Good time. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so let's let's bring it back to baseball a little yeah, bit. Let's do it. I'm always a fan of baseball. I'm, I'm always talking baseball. So, MLB announced obviously sixty game season. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone gets a DH. Mm-hmm. In your head. Mm-hmm. Who does 60 games benefit? Teams with better pitching or better offense? Um, better offense, and here's why. Because starting pitchers first, it, like, if it happens to begin with, and, it, and it, it depends on your perspective. Like, if you get on Twitter and listen to Buster Only, Buster Only still to this day says 0% chance the season happens. Zero. He's still saying He's that. Saying it will not happen. The season will not happen. Um, I'm, I don't think he's like to, he's not totally wrong. Uh, no, I'm not saying he's totally wrong either. I, and obviously, he's he's taken the, the COVID perspective and the and the precautions that need to be taken and and just what happens when someone tests positive in the season and all those elements, right? But but in terms of just the game, the nuts and bolts of the game, it's got it. It has to benefit the hitters because I mean, imagine starting pitching. I mean, you played the game. These guys, you're, you're giving them three weeks to prepare. Right. A starting pitcher cannot get in a 90 to 100 pitch frame in three weeks. No. They just, they just can't. It's it not work, possible. The arm doesn't work like it's that. It's no possible. All right. It's not possible. So, A, there's going to be a lot of injuries because guys are going to overextend themselves because of the competitiveness in them. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're, some of these guys, can you imagine me in a, being in a free agent year, a sixty year starting pitcher in your free agent year is a sixty game season that will determine the amount of money you make going forward. Right. That's scary. So those guys are gonna overextend the shit out of themselves right. because it's dollars down the line mm-hmm. next year, right? And for starting pitchers, they only pitch every five games. Right. So their season obviously is even way less yeah, than twelve starts. Than a normal hitter would have all yeah. sixty games. Right. So, you know, Three, three, four bad starts in a sixty-game season, you're done. Yeah. Right? So there's there's that element, right? But from a fan's perspective, sixty games is exciting because anybody can win. Right. And sixty, hundred and sixty-two games, the talent 
the talent is going to dictate the result, right? But in a 60-game season where some guys, I mean, take, take your guys that are historically a little slow to get out of the gate. They don't have time to, be, you know, they can't go two weeks hitting a buck eighty, Mm-mm. right? Because there, there's, there is a thirty-year year, right? They, they can't afford to do right. That. So uh, I think it's gonna, from a fan perspective, if they play, you know, I think it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, from from a player perspective, I gotta think that it benefits the offense just a little bit. So I think you'll see scoring be up some, but. You know, nine out of ten baseball fans who want to see runs scored, they like that excitement. Sure, they want to see the home run. They want the long ball on the ball. They want you know the grandioso of high scoring games and all the fireworks that come with that. So, I mean, we'll see. I think in the end, I mean, if I'm if I'm a betting man, which I am, uh, I like. I think the good teams will rise to the top. I mean, it's hard. It's going to be hard to fend off the Dodgers, who have a, a crazy amount of talent. And I'm saying this. All things being equal, not taking injuries into account. Right. Dodgers are going to be really tough. I think the Braves are really good. Ronald Acuna might be the best player, the best under 25 player in the game today. Mm-hmm. The kid's unbelievable. So I think the Braves will be good. Yankees are going to do their thing in the American League. They're always going to be they, up there. They, they compete. Yeah. They so compete. it'll be fun, man. It's going to be it's going to be great just to have sports to watch. Yeah, because, because if, if you if you look at baseball as a whole, like some of the teams last year that would have started off really hot, maybe winning twenty of their first thirty games, mm-hmm. end up in last place. Uh-huh. But yeah. if you win twenty of your first sixty games, right? You're unless you really plummet. If you if you go, I mean, if you're at the, if you're at twenty and t- this year. If you're at twenty and ten at the halfway point, you got a puncher's chance, man. Yeah. You got a shot. You have a real shot at, yeah. at winning a, a yeah. World Series title right. if it gets that far right. if they do play the season. Mm-hmm. So that's what's super interesting to me because mm-hmm. baseball is all about momentum. No doubt. No. And sixty games in terms of a whole if you're looking at a whole hundred and sixty two game season, sixty games, you get on a hot streak in sixty games. No doubt. No. So whoever's carrying that momentum from day one yeah. is gonna is going to win the strap. It's going to be it's going to be stupid fun. I mean, you can even look at like the NCAA uh, College World Series, right? Yeah. Some of the number four seeds or these three seeds just get right in, and yeah. then they get hot. Yeah. And then all of a yeah. sudden, they're just they're one, or they're yeah. or they're beating number one seeds and all these things. Yeah. You know, baseball is about momentum and energy, and like you just you're feeling it, and yeah. it's like things just fall into place, and it's a game of inches and luck, and like things just go your way, and boom, boom, boom. I mean, look at look at your NCAA tournament experience. I mean, you guys were beat the jersey. Literally, yeah, yeah, I like that one. Uh, you guys were. I mean, literally, you're you're a couple of like a couple of key moments in games. Had they gone a different way, you could have been playing a super regional. We're, I mean, we're one out away from a super regional. Yeah, I mean, it's insane about beating beating the number four seed in the country. <laughs> right. So it's uh it's gonna be fun. Major League Baseball is gonna be fun if they get it going. I, the only thing I'm I'm concerned with is obviously the number of tests like. Obviously, close to home. We saw Joey Gallo yesterday. Yeah. He he tested so and with and he's asymptomatic. Didn't even know he had anything. Nice. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I mean, we'll see. It, yeah, it all, the, the NBA yeah. is even worse because they're they're going to be in the bubble. bubble. Yeah, I mean, what you know? I, I go back and forth with everything. Like on on one side, like sports are going to be really good for. Just sports fans in general. Like, if you don't like sports, you don't care, right? Yeah. But if you're a sports fan, being able to get home with your friends or your family and have a beer and watching sports 
is an incredible thing for your mental state, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. in that regard, it's like gonna make people's lives a little mm -hmm. bit better. Mm -hmm. But we're also putting these athletes who are human beings right. with families at risk. Right. Obviously it's their choice, but right. not really their choice per se, it's their job. Right. Like Walmart employees, it's their job, they have to go to work. Mm -hmm. You know, and people mm -hmm. who are essential workers have to go to work. Mm -hmm. um, we thank them for that, but they still, it's their job, they have yeah. to go. Um, and these guys are getting paid lots of money to do that, but you know, there's a positive side to it, right? Yeah. It's gonna help people be a little bit happier right. and healthier and have something to watch, but also puts a lot of people in danger. So it's like, I mean, I'm not making these decisions, but this is what they're going through in, in yeah. terms of trying to make these kinds of decisions. It's kind of it's crazy though, from the fan perspective, when you think about it, because by the time this episode comes out, it'll be mid-July. So, I mean, talk about, from a fan's perspective, all these things you look forward to. I mean, you got Brad Allred and Jackson Stone right now, Jackson Stone and everybody, and then, then that parlays into a major league season and then an NBA season, three very important things. Right, super like important. Give us the uh, Three very important things. So for fans, man, they, they've got, they got they some stuff. Look stuff. Forward to. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be boredom watching reruns of Friends and, and Seinfeld five days a week. They'll have some live content to uh, right. to keep them busy. Yeah. yeah cool. Speaking of friends, um, are you a Friends Office or Seinfeld guy? Which one's better? Mm, they're all very different, man. Yeah. Um, probably Office. Probably Office. Seinfeld's good, right? Yeah. But... Man, I mean, how many times has Seinfeld played out over and over? I mean... I honestly have not watched enough episodes of Seinfeld to know if I like it or not. Mm -hmm. I can't stand The Office. Why? Mm -mm. Really? That surprises me. Well, <clears throat> I've watched I've watched all of season one. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get into it. Just wasn't my... I just, I just... I know people love it. Like people swear it by does, it. It doesn't. It hasn't grown on you through through however many episodes so I, in season one. So I might just like flip on season three because people say it just gets funnier. Yeah. You just gotta keep kind of getting through it. Yeah. And uh, and I want to believe these these folks. So right. I think I'm just gonna hop into season three at some point. Don't don't give up on it. I won't because I love uh, who's the main who's the main character. Uh, uh, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, uh, Carell. Uh, yeah, Steve Carell. Carell. He's yeah. amazing. Love him in all oh, the movies. Yeah, I think he's an incredible. Yeah. And uh, the other guy who plays, uh, he's tall. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. His the girl in the show's name is Pam. I yeah. think. Yeah. That guy's incredible too. Yeah. Um, It'll grow on you. So I'm gonna, give I think it time. I'm, I'm gonna hop in on season three. Give it time. Um, but I love Friends. Big Friends. Love it. Really good. I, Friends is good, but it's just, it's easy to watch. It, it's easy to watch, but it's kind of. It's kind of mild. I couldn't tell yeah. you like what happened on episode, like season three, episode twelve. Right. Like, I'm not into it that. But if, yeah. it, if it pops on, yeah. I might watch it. Right. You know? It's kind of mild. Uh, this really has nothing to do with the other. But um, let's let's have a little movie talk really quick because okay. I watched a really good one last night. Yeah. Obviously, with what's going on right now, Netflix is a huge player. Sure. Right? Sure. Hulu, whatever. Right. Whatever your platform is, Netflix happens to be mine. And I don't know. I'm almost ashamed to say that I've never seen this until last night. Uh, but top ten movie for me ever. Really? Yeah, ever. Oh, ever. wow. This is deep. Yeah. And I'm a Mark Wahlberg fan. Okay? I'm a Mark Wahlberg fan. Yeah. And it almost shames me even more that I never saw this movie until last night. Patriot Day. I haven't seen it. Oh. You have to watch it tonight. Is it good? Tonight. It's, it's you have that to watch good. it tonight. It's that good. Tonight. Not tomorrow, not the next I'll day. I'll watch it when you leave. Not, not when you have time. Like, you have to watch it tonight. After so, I beat you and MLB The Show, I'll flip it off. Well, yeah, after I beat the brakes off you and run rule you, because we're not even going to 
put you through nine innings of that. Uh, you got to watch Patriot Day. So, so it's about the uh, it's about the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah. And what makes this movie so damn intense is they they mix in this movie they mix in the actual footage like as they were in, as the FBI were investigating to find these monsters like all the all the uh, security footage from like ATMs from cameras outside bars from uh, convenience stores they used all the actual footage of the two bombers going into the places that ultimately cost them their freedom and their because that's how they found their identities and, and caught them right sure but the way wow. in which they why is this I didn't even know this movie existed unbelievable and at the point I don't want to ruin it but it's very much it, it follows the lines of what really happened in real life right so at the point in which the FBI identifies who the two bombers are and you get that that real life step by step feel of what they what they went through in tracing the steps to find out who they did it, and it's very intense as as they're investigating, investigating, investigating. Um, that there they are. That's them, right? So intense, like it, it will literally have you on the edge of your seat. And then from that point until the end of the movie, where they they hunt them down, yeah. I swear, it's one of the ten best movies I've ever seen. Wow! Okay, incredible. I just watched it last night. You sold me heavy, dude. It's it's I, I'm it's so good. It's so good. I'll watch it tonight yeah, for sure. Patriot Day, check it out. And no, I've seen it. I've seen the graphic on oh, on Netflix. It's like oh, it's like in the top ten thing. Oh, it's like everywhere. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I don't know how I didn't see it whenever it came out, but yeah, it's it's new for me. But it, it gives me even uh, more of appreciation for Mark Wahlberg. You know how there's those actors that. Are those movies like, or, may, or let me ask you, do you have movies in which no matter what you're doing, like if you're just flipping the channels, is there a movie that, that you could see flipping the channels that no matter what point it's at in the movie, it makes you stop and watch it? 100%. Yeah. I've got two, two, my two, my two favorite movies of all time are The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. The one with Bane. Yeah. Amazing. I'll watch that any second, any time. Yeah. Especially if I'm flipping through the channels and it's on like USA Network or whatever. Mm-hmm. Done watching it. Stop. Right. And then I am I really actually love romantic comedies. Like I'm, I, okay. I watch a lot of them and yeah. they're, I, I really like them. I just, I love love and I love laughing at the same time yeah. about yeah. love. Yeah. And so I just, I watch them a lot. Yeah. Um, and my favorite one of that kind of genre is She's Out of My League. Okay. Um, and so whenever those two movies are on, like, that's a... You're stopping that. That's a done deal. Even if it's the last 10 minutes of the movie. It'll, get, it'll get me. Yeah. 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 Um, See, I'm that, I'm that way, but with, like, with actors, mm-hmm. right? So, like, uh, I think Denzel Washington's the greatest hacker of all time. He's incredible. So, if there's a Denzel Washington movie on, like, it, like Man on Fire is my all-time favorite. Hit. What's the one where his kid needs the... Uh, John, uh, John Q.? No, yeah. not John. Yeah, is it John Key? His kid needs the heart transplant. Yeah, yeah, that that one's really good. Too. I mean, there's so many of them. Right? There's so many. Me. Yeah. Oh. So if there's a if there's a Denzel Washington movie on, stop him. I'm stopping them. Right. It's Training Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He crushes it. Oh. He, so, he, yeah, he, he makes me believe. Right. So I'm stopping down for him. Morgan Freeman's another one. Like Shawshank Redemption. Mm. I've seen that movie 734 times. Really? Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, and I'll probably watch it another one before the end of the week. Because I, I swear to God, it moves on every night. Right? So if I see that, I'm stopping. But there, there's a few movies that if I see it, it's making me stop. Patriot Day might be on that list, man. It's that good. 
it's that good. Wow. Yeah. So so check it out, and then uh, and and for for fans watching this, check it out and then comment comment. If I'm if I'm overselling it, tell me. I can yeah. Take it. Let us know. Yeah. You know what I you know what I watched last night on Netflix. Um, athlete A. Dude, I, you're like the fifth person that's told me that. And and from what I've heard, it was very heavy. Yeah, and from what I've heard, I want to go like I I feel like when I do watch it, based off what I've heard, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I, I will want to go punch that guy in the throat. Yeah, I um, it was really heavy. Yeah. I should have waited a few weeks. Yeah, to watch it because it has. You know, it's kind of the same vein sure. as what we've been talking about before with speaking out. Were you ready to throw something at the TV? I, yeah. Um, throughout the entire film, I was angry. Yeah. Also in tears. Yeah. Just like. Yeah. Just like. It's like really upset, dude. That yeah. you, that some of these people just like like just value these gold medals and winning and money. Over this this health and the safety of these girls who all yeah. they want to do is just be gymnasts. They just want to be, be gymnasts. Successful. Yeah. They just love it. So that's yeah. why they train hard. Yeah. And you're just like, you're taking this power away from them. Yeah. And, yeah. oh my God. It, fucking, How's that guy not been killed in prison? Disgusting. Yeah. It's coming, man. He's karma's, I believe in karma. He's, yeah. He's, he's going to get it. It's coming. Fucking chump. Yeah. Excuse my language. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, Netflix. But is, overall, a, is a well-made documentary, right. obviously. Something that needed to be made. Yeah. Because people need to need more about the USA yeah. Gymnastics and what they did. Right. Right. How disgusting their actions are. I'm just going to need something to, after I watch that, to take that aggression. Yeah, go to, you know I mean? either get a punching bag. <laughs> I hit my pillow a bunch of times <laughs> like this. <laughs> just pounce it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, is there, is there something really odd that you've watched in quarantine? Mmm. Okay, so... Or something really odd that you've bought. Okay, bought? No. Watched? Yes. But I'm I'm going to... My wife has to shoulder all the blame in this. Because Misty likes to watch these effed up shows, man. Like, really? Like, yeah. It's all... It's For her, it's all about reality TV. And it's not just reality TV, but it's reality TV with people that have messed up lives. Like, mm. she wants to watch... My 600-pound life. Oh, she wants I... to watch, uh, what's the one, uh, married in 30 days or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, where, you, where you're where you married and then you have to decide if you're going to stay together. Yeah. Or um, where they where they meet people from other countries and go, and you know, and she, so, li- she likes these. Yeah. And here's the, here's the bad part about it. Here's why I'm subjected to this garbage is because, like, we're watching it. As we're going to bed at night, right? So I'm laying down to go to bed. I can't escape the TV. It's right there. I'm like, unless I'm going to sleep on the couch, there's no escape, right? Right. And then as I, you know, roll over, sleep on my side, thinking I'm going to, thinking I'm going to ignore it. What I'm really doing is rolling over my side and then I'm kind of doing this. Kind of <laughs> watching, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm watching it, man. You're so, so yeah. peeking. So yeah, I probably um, need my head check for participating in that garbage. But yeah. Whatever. I've, I've had to watch that. Your wife finds some entertainment in it. So. Oh, ever she's a faithful watch. It's mine. It's mindless entertainment, yeah. you know. Faithful. Faithful. I watched a few of those. I watched like uh Too Hot to Handle, which was whatever. Yeah. I watched the full season though. What what was the what was the other what was the dating yeah. one where they they uh, they it. couldn't see each Love other? Blind. Yeah. Actually, that was all right. So that was okay. So Love is Blind, the idea behind that is that you go on a lot of dates with someone like you have an ample amount of time to get to know them as a person, but you can't see them. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they look like. Mm-hmm. And I, I 
I, I love the idea behind that, right? Because a lot of the stuff I talk about and a lot of stuff that I'm about is about you know, human connection, right? Yeah. You know, we're not meant to go on this planet alone. We're meant to have human connection. So the idea behind Love is Blind is actually really brilliant, right? You're not building a relationship off sex or attraction or any of these other things that eventually leave you, but you're building it off getting to know someone like on a really deep level. Yeah. So I think that's a brilliant idea, but I just think that at the end of it, it goes on. It's either like you get married or you don't. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's got to be like a step in between. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, now that I really feel like emotionally connected with you, you know a lot about my life. Like, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Let's hang out first. And then maybe like go on a few dates, see if there's a physical attraction. Because I think in a really good, loving relationship, a long-lasting marriage, you can attest to this. Obviously, I'm not married. But there has to be some sort of physical attraction. Oh, I know that. Yeah. There has to be. There has to be both. There has to be both. Yeah, yeah, there has to be both. I think it's brilliant to build it off the the emotional connection because I think that's what lasts longer. Yes. And that's what's more important. Yeah. But also sex and... Uh, physical attraction is a very important element to a long-lasting relationship. You know what, Matt? Now I think about it, you would be like Love Is Blind. You'd be a natural fit for that show. Like, I would. I would like to go on it, but there would be no way after four weeks of just getting to know someone that I would then ask them to marry me. Right, but you can't tell me that being put. Let's say. Let's say you were on that show. You can't tell me for a second that you wouldn't be scared to death in the context of that show, making your commitment, making your selection, making your pick for the one girl, right? Right. Not knowing what she looks like and you're like, that moment, you, you can build that you can build that emotional attachment all you want. Right. But you haven't seen her. Right. And that one moment where that door's gonna open and you're like, oh God, is it in and it's you know I'd be never I would be so I, I would have been so nervous. <laughs> I would literally be freaking out. I'd be like in my head I'd be like I like love who this person is. Yeah. I love who she is. This is amazing. Right. Like, what does she look like? Yeah, but are you going as that? As that? You know. And if if I remember right, like it's the silhouette thing, right? Mm-hmm. The door just kind of opens, 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 and so you're starting at the feet, moving up, right? Like, if it was me, I can be honest enough to to say, if it's me, as that thing's coming up, I'm going supermodel, 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 and then you're it's too, it's either. Deep breath, exhale because because you there's that physical attraction right. and you build that based on the emotional connection that you yeah. build. Or there is an instant state of confusion because you're you're you, you love her. Yeah, you have your mind is weighed on that emotional connection you built, but then you look and you're like And then maybe you're not attracted to her. Like, right, and then what do you do? That's a tough call. Yes. But I would still I would I don't know, I would still go for it. Yeah, you still you still yeah, you still have to Navigate your way through. I would still just—I would yeah. probably just dive in and see where it goes because right. I, you can get—you can gain more of a physical attraction for someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. That's that's. I, so I like the idea behind that show, which is really—it's it's tough, man. Yeah, that's a tough call to make. Like, I don't know what I would do if I was put in that situation. You know, Jackson Stone on Love Is Blind. Like, there's got to be a season two coming. No, there for that. sure is. I would love to be on season two. Oh, man. Come on, like, I think get, I would get, crush it. Get him. Get, come on, call him. People, call people want to. I mean, yeah, people want to know what I got to say. People already know my my story, but yeah, but know, that's what makes him better. Think, right? I think Netflix needs to know it. Yes, yes, yes. And then you're put. I mean, if we're real being honest here, then you're all. Then you're put to the ultimate test, like personally, right? Because right. here's your story, which at that point, obviously, would have a lot of bearing on you being on the show to begin with, right? right? And so now it's like your personal testament to to living in a very public form. Right. 
what what you what you have built your platform on over the recent time. Dude, that's TV. Mate, what, what are you waiting on? Yeah, that's why I like, call, I'm his agent. Call call me. Yeah, call Brad Dillon. Facebook Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, get my DMs. We'll, 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 we'll I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, we'll get it done. No, I, I I actually said that when I, I said that to a few of my buddies when I watched the show. It's like it'd be a cool show for me to be on. Yeah, because a lot of these Netflix reality shows aren't, aren't for me. Right. Um, could you imagine like a, a, a? Could you imagine a wrestling based show with that concept, but with with. Women that A, knew nothing about wrestling, okay. right? knew nothing about wrestling, and then B, like have all the guys be very kind of the quiet type, kind of the, kind of the, or, or maybe not the quiet type, but have a blend of the just down to earth dudes, you know what I mean? Like the guys that are yeah. very, very genuine, very, right. um, not the persona that you might look at some of them like in the ring, right? Right. So let those relationships develop, right? So so A, the girl who knows nothing about wrestling can can build these relationships and make these decisions in terms of who they're with, right? But then after the fact, then show those girls what the wrestling personas. <laughs> that, would be, that would be genius, man. That'd be good to I mean, you can just follow me around with the camera. This yeah, is right, right. I mean, yeah. If I go on first dates or any or dates with girls, like I try to avoid saying that I'm a pro wrestler right away. You did? I don't avoid it for this. That I'm not embarrassed. Of right. course not. But like, then there, then the questions go away from me getting to know her and her getting to know me. Yeah. The questions then become about you know, about pro wrestling. Yeah. That's not really, those questions aren't getting to know me better. Right. You know? Now, are you one of, are you one of those guys that, and I don't mean just in like situations on dates or whatever, but like, do you consider yourself to be one of those guys like, and, and this goes in any profession. It doesn't, obviously we're talking wrestling, but you could really say this for, for anyone out there and whatever you do. Are you one of those guys that likes to take work home? Do you like to talk shop away from the office? Like, I understand if you're talking about something from a creative standpoint, but like, like, let's say you and I are just hanging out tonight and I'm like, hey man, did you, uh, did you see, did you catch this clip of this match online with this guy or whatever? You know what I mean? Like talking shop. Are you one of those guys that likes to talk shop? Are you one of those guys that, man, that's work. I just want to, want to breathe a little Um, bit. it depends. Like. Yes and no. Like, I don't like to talk pro wrestling all day. Right. Because I have a lot of other interests. Yeah. Especially if I'm just hanging out with friends. Right. You know? But if I see something cool or something caught my eye yeah. or, like, I'm fired up about something, then right. I want to talk about it. Because right. I don't think that's work-related. I think that's just something that I'm excited about. Right. And I think that's in the same vein as anything else I'm excited about. Hey, I got Chipotle. I'm excited about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Oh, this match clip was dope. Let's talk about it. Right. Um, so have some coffee talk, whatever. But like, if I have other, if like, if we have a show and like some boys come over to my house afterwards, I don't really want to talk more wrestling. I don't want to talk about the show because right. why we were just at the show. Let's talk about anything else. And it's funny you mention that because like in the baseball world, there, there's kind of an unwritten rule. Um, and especially in that relationship amongst broadcasters and players, I've been very fortunate to, so there are a lot of players I'm very close with to this day. Guys that still play for Cleaver and guys that have moved on playing other places that I still have very close friendships with. But one of the things that I learned quickly, very early on, is kind of the unwritten rule is when you're in the clubhouse, 
it's you, you're you're welcome to talk anything baseball related, right? But the second the game's over, the second you get on the bus, whether it's that night's game, it doesn't matter if you go four for four, zero for four, whether you won ten one or lost two nothing, whatever, you leave the game at the stadium, hundred percent. Right? You leave the game at the stadium. Now you're now you're boys, right? You're talking about going and grabbing dinner, going and grabbing a beer, or, or whatever, going back to play video games in the room, sure. or chilling in the lobby, whatever. But you're just not talking baseball because you have to have that separation. You got to have that that period of being a normal person mm-hmm. to where you're not, you know, you're not you're not Jackson Stone the performer. Now you're you, you know. Now it's your life. It's your personal time to kind of do, you know. And uh, and and I feel like it's funny because there's some guys in the business, and now I'm talking wrestling, that are like that. Like I know some guys that oh my god, they don't want to talk. They're all about it at the show, you know. We sure. can be we can be behind the curtain of the show, and you can talk about whatever as it pertains to that show or ideas or whatever. But the second you get out that door and you go have a beer again or whatever, they're checked out, man. They don't For want sure. they don't want anything to do with it, right? And then I'm you got other guys on the other on the other end of the spectrum that yeah. just live it. It's just boom, 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 boom. So it's kind of trying to, I guess, find that happy medium. Yeah. yeah. Well, like with baseball, of course. Because you're, you're playing the next day. Right. Like, you can't. Right. Even if you did 4 for 4, you can't be all about it. you got to check Or you're 0 for 4. It's got to right. be done. New game tomorrow. Let's decompress. I'm going to hang out with the boys. That's exactly right. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, like, I think what, especially with indie wrestling and indie pro wrestling, like, a lot of what people are dealing with right now during this quarantine is that they're finding out that they don't have a lot of other interests mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Which you think hard. that you think that contributes to some of that underlying negativity right now? And I'm not just talking about speaking out in the movement and some of the other things, but just the, the with COVID and the guys like because I've talked to some guys like some of our talent that are, like you said they're having a really difficult time like figuring out who they are yeah. as people. Right. You know what I mean? So I so on one hand it's like if you. All, all that you are is pro wrestling, you're probably going to be very successful, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the guys who are making a full-time living at being pro wrestlers and not on a large scale, say WWE. But on, on, on an indie level or just like signed to another major company, they're making a full-time living because all they do is yeah. eat, sleep, breathe, independent professional wrestling or professional wrestling in general. Yeah. So in that terms, when everything was going great, they were doing great, right? But drop of a hat, everything gets pulled out from underneath you and you don't have your job anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are saying, well, why don't you have a backup plan? Well, that doesn't really make sense because if I'm working in an office and I'm an accountant and I make 100K a year, that's my job. I don't have a second job because I don't think I'm – this job is my job. Right. It's the same thing with pro wrestling, right? But you know, it's obviously different for an accountant. They're maybe still working or whatever, but you get my point, right? So the people who then were saying, well, why don't you have a backup plan? Why don't you – whatever that doesn't make sense because this is my full-time job and it was paying my bills just like being an accountant was Mm -hmm. both of them got ripped underneath me now Mm -hmm. i have the time to think about other stuff Mm -hmm. because we were on this great big pause Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden before we're traveling four days a week we're doing this we're doing that we don't have time to do all these other things Mm -hmm. right now people are reconnecting with their family they're more with their kids like you're figuring out their interests and our interests and as pro wrestlers now we can have time to figure out maybe what we want to do post-career or what we want to do to make our career better, what we can do to monetize our business, what we can do to start a YouTube channel or a vlog or a podcast to do stuff in related to pro wrestling that can still be monetized, but I don't have to take bumps for it. Mm -hmm. 
So the the whole argument with what people were saying, I don't I don't know, I got off tangent about like you should have a backup plan, really doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense because LeBron James didn't have a backup plan, right? Say he was nineteen, he just signed his contract. I know it was for millions of dollars, so the idea is different. We're not getting paid millions of dollars. But say COVID hit when he was 19. Mm-hmm. He didn't have all the endorsement deals yet mm-hmm. and all the and the, fu- the foundations and the I Promise schools and all these things to have mm-hmm. his family secure. Mm-hmm. But his, his life got taken away yeah. from him. So maybe he would have planned it then because yeah. he probably had an agent and some financial advisors. But that's the same in the same vein at a smaller scale for the people in, in indie wrestling. Like for me, I'm fortunate, right? I have a lot of other interests. I'm doing a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, life kind of threw me in that direction way before COVID hit. So I was already starting these other ventures. Um, but I think... You know, and also with that in COVID, you didn't have to be productive every day. You don't have to learn 17 new languages and start a new business and have a fucking successful YouTube channel. You could have just paused mm-hmm. and rested mm-hmm. and, you know, and done these things to uh, to then when wrestling does come back, because it will and it will come back full force. I don't know in what capacity as it was before, but you will be able to make your full time living again. And that's cool to know that you just got to be able to get through that financially. Like, do you think a heavy though, do you think that a heavy percentage uh, and I'm talking just to indie guys. In fact, let's let's even take it further. Let's take Texas indie guys. Okay. Uh, you think that a large percentage of them, when we do come back, whenever that is, end of the year, first of next year, whenever it is. Yeah. Once we're back to some sense of normalcy, and and we're you know doing the four night loops, right? Sure. Uh, do you think that do you think that the majority of the local Texas guys are they going to come back hungrier because they've had that? Separation and that that not knowing what to do with themselves, or do you think that maybe a majority or, or yeah, a majority will take a different approach because because maybe some of them have utilized this break to find themselves, like you talk about, in other capacities, right, and find other interests and find other things to to really try to network and put themselves out there in a different light, right. To try to maximize their potential. That's an interesting question. Um, I feel like the guys who are already at the top of the talent pool in Texas will come back just as good, if yeah. not better. Yeah. Um, and I feel like some of the people who are on the way up or up and coming um, are going to, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be just as good and maybe even better as well. I think, I think having an outside interest and garnering other interests outside of pro wrestling is going to make them better at pro wrestling. Yeah. I think it benefits both sides. I right? think so. Both people, regardless yeah. of what direction you went, I think the benefit, I think the shows are going to be much better too yeah. because so much traumatic events have happened. Mm-hmm. So much collective trauma and collective mm-hmm. grieving has happened yeah. that we're going to be, and I don't know how long it'll last. Hopefully it lasts forever, but we're going to be excited to be there, excited to be a part of a show, excited to be putting on events yeah. and making people happy again, making ourselves happy again. Um, hopefully that lasts a long time. We can have a lot of positive energy. Um, I think people will be hungry because the, the sense that I get from the promoter side is that also, and, and as it pertains to the speaking out movement, even the folks that are learning about all these things, you, I, all the others that, that are learning about these horrific things and, and trying to make the most of it, just from a wrestling and a performance sense, don't you feel like that the kind of the the collective uh, what's the word I'm looking for here like the the gist of the the sense of of everyone as a whole even the folks that had nothing to do with speaking out right there's almost like that sense uh, or that uh, 
sense of responsibility that, that when we come back, like we have to earn the fans, um, time. Yes. We have to earn their money. We yeah. have to earn their entertainment dollar again. Right? right. We have to show them that a, we're not putting up a shit like that. Right. That, that shit is going away. Right. And then B, we want to reestablish kind of that, that, that sense of trust in the fact of we realize our, our place is to entertain you. Right. Right. We, we, you pay your hard earned money for us to entertain you. And that's what we need to get back to doing. Right. We need to get back to entertaining, but knowing that you're being entertained by quality people that are not going to put themselves or God forbid, put certain fans in a situation like we're we're trying to repair that we found ourselves in before. Right. That makes sense, right? Yes. So, I mean it's it's I'm like lucky a, there. Yeah, it's 100%. like a, so I think it'll be I think you, you hit it on the head. Like it's going to be people are gonna be hungry for, for different purposes, for right. different reasons. But I think and, and I'm a proponent for all brands to flourish and do good. I'm not just one of these guys that's gonna tell you, oh Lucha Brutal is the only company you need to watch and there's no one else putting on. I'm not like that. I, I like to support everyone, right? Yep. So whether it's Lucha Brutal, whether it's MPX, whether what, whatever, whatever brand, whatever floats your boat, baby, whatever floats your boat. Like there's, it's like ice creams, right? I mean, there's great ice creams. Great. It's not just one flavor ice yeah. cream. There's lots of ice cream. There's so many good fantastic, ones. Fantastic, yeah. right? Wrestling is the same way. So I think we'll all put on kick-ass shows when we get 100%. back and going, going um, full steam ahead. Yeah, it's something exciting. I like what you said there. I think we are hungry, and I think we were we really want to earn back the fans' trust. Yeah. I really like that because that's very important. And I think the burden falls with us to do that. It has right? 100%. The burden is on us. To they do don't that. have they they don't have to continue no. to give us chances, and they don't have to come back. And they do they. I mean, part of me thinks they, they, why would they? Like we're, yeah. you know, we put them in so much pain and, and especially their kids are coming to the show and like, yeah. so, it's like, yeah. So, but, but I do think that like, and you've been at the forefront of this, some others, I think with the work that you guys have done, I think that there is that, I think that the message has been sent yeah. in a great way in terms of a sense of urgency and hey. We, we, we're fixing this from the inside. Yeah. Let us show you that we're fixing that and then come back and judge us on what we do moving forward. Yes. hundred percent. Right? And then if we don't fulfill the things that we're saying that we're going to fulfill and the obligations that we feel like we need to make to, to have better companies outside the ring, mm-hmm. then by all means, yeah. shun us away and never come back. Right. But give us that opportunity to show you that we're policing this from the inside that we're serious and that we want to do that. Yeah. Hold us accountable for every action that we make. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to earn them, earn back the trust of the fans. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because Texas wrestling was on the rise, you know, before everything hit, and I think we got a lot to offer. Yeah. And it can still be on the rise. No, it still is on the rise. Yeah. We're just on a bit of a pause like everything else, which right. is good. Um, um, we need that kind of reset and recharge yeah. um, to make everything uh, better and more quality moving forward. Yeah. So, thank you for, if you're watching this as a professional wrestling fan, thank you for sticking with us. Appreciate you. No doubt. No. All right, so I want to end on this one question. Okay. But we're going to end on some positivity tonight? It's, it's an interesting question. I was, okay. I was thinking about it a lot. Okay, good. Um, so, you're, you're a guy who's around a lot of professional athletes. Yeah. A lot of guys who have done some pretty amazing things with their mm-hmm. lives and their mm-hmm. careers. They've had some big accomplishments. 
Um, and so you're around a lot of big egos. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I, uh, I've been researching ego a lot, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just in, in what it means and, and how it, it can drive certain people and, and what it means for my mental state and things like that. Mm-hmm. But what I want to ask you is, what do you find the difference between having an ego and having self-confidence? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think that, I think that to me, uh, the definition of ego in, in an athletic realm is you, so you have credentials, right? You have done things athletically that have caught people's attention, right? If you have to talk about the things that you have done to catch people's attention athletically, then to me, there's an underlying problem there of self-confidence and questioning your own worth, that it's not self-confidence, and that it's masked to an ego. And to me, the people that, that exude those, those personality traits, they don't, they're never going to make it because they're always questioning themselves. Yeah. Self-confidence are the guys that lead by example, right? And, I, and I've, I've ran across them in, in wrestling. I've ran across them in baseball. Like guys that, that show up, they, they got their work boots on the second they walk in the door. They're first one in, last one out. Um, you can judge a lot of those people on their character when the spotlight's not on Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't look at what they're doing when people are watching. Mm-hmm. Look at what they're doing when people aren't watching. Mm-hmm. Right? And those guys that have the work ethic, the guys that um, that have uh, uh, that have traits to support you, like there are great guys in both industries. And let's just talk wrestling quickly. There, there's my favorite dudes, my favorite guys, um, you being one of them, my favorite guys in this industry – um, are guys that like one of, one of the main things, one of the main drawing powers for them as a person is the way that they go to bat for others. It's not about themselves. Yeah. It's 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 them. It's them pushing for someone that they believe in, or or, or pushing for um, a a topic of discussion that they believe in, or them pushing for um, awareness in a particular area. If that if that is what drives them every day over their their talented endeavor, whether it be sports or wrestling, and they're using their platform to put these things that they're passionate about across, those are winners in my book. That's right? self confidence. That is self confidence, yeah. right? Because they don't need to talk about what they've done in the ring or what they've done on the field, or they don't need to spit stats, career stats out at you or where they've been or who they've worked or what promotions they've worked with. All that, you, you can look that up yourselves, right? right? It's, it's what they're doing with that and taking, taking the betterment of humanity to, a, to another level and using their platform to do stuff. Those are the guys. Those are the guys that, that I'm going to, to bond with and those are the guys that I'm going to be boys with, right? And I've seen, I've been lucky enough to have it in both genres, right? In wrestling and baseball. So for me, I think the guys with ego 
and, and I'm not saying they're bad people for it. No, for I, sure. I just no. think no, that, I think not. that they have some confidence issues. I think that they have. It's all. It's got to be about me, me, me. Because I think in their minds, that is the way that they feel like they have a purpose and they measure up to the people that they're in whatever set industry with. Right. Right. And then you have the guys that just use their talent and their platform to get points across and. That's why I hate. You've seen a lot lately, um, and I saw you've seen it in the BLM movement, which is so important. Um, you've seen it in some other things. Like the one of the things I hate is when people's reaction is when when someone is is giving their opinion or they're passionate about a certain movement, and then you get these people, these these keyboard commandos that will come out there and say. Oh, just shut up and be an athlete. Yeah, I can't oh, stand that, that. that. Oh, my God. It, that rubs me the wrong way. So you're telling me that you want that person to not be human being, to not care about or be passionate about anything. You just want them to dribble a basketball or let's see some great chain wrestling or let's see how far you can hit a fastball or whatever. Right. Come That's on, it. man. Right. If, that, if, if that is your natural reaction or that is your natural comeback – for any purpose in life, I feel bad for that person because their life is obviously so shallow that yeah. they can't see past that point. Right. And to me, there's no, like, even trying to get in a debate with a you person like that it. is pointless because yeah. they're only going to see it one way. They've got the blinders on. Right. And it's, and it's to me, it's just pointless. Yeah, you got to pass on some empathy at that point to that person. Yes. They're, they're, the only way they're going to change their mind is if they, they change their mind themselves right. through some actual yes. inward work. No doubt. Um, and that's hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the, okay, I came up with this question. I thought it was very, I thought it was a very good question. You know? Ego versus self-confidence. It's a very interesting one because, you know, there, there's a really fine line between, like, if you're talking about super elite performers, like mm-hmm. the best in the world at what they do, mm-hmm. there's an extreme fine line between self-confidence and arrogance mm-hmm. and you have to kind of ride that wave if you want to be the best in the world at what you do well, well look at look at look at wrestling per se and look at some of the guys that you and I both know that are really close like they're they're there right now and they're and I mean they are you know they talk about the brass ring right, right. and they're right there guys like Keith Lee sure. guys, guys that are I mean they're you He's and I look at them as unbelievable already, right. but in the national landscape, people that might not have known about these people, like, they're not coming to the door, right? They're right there, right? Look look at the things that's in common. I mean, let's take Keith Lee. Have you ever once heard Keith Lee gloat on himself? I never have. No. Because there, there's a difference between knowing that you're really good at something and and then telling people that you're that's right. He lets something. his work speak for itself. He doesn't have to say anything. You know, when you're when you're when you're driven by your ego, you're not really a free thinker, right? You know, so you're you're driven by this idea that you're like a bigger being than anyone else, mm-hmm. and that that in itself is a very difficult concept to grasp because you know you are being put on a pedestal if you're a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. People are seeing you as this person as an athlete not really even as a human mm-hmm. so then we get wrapped up in our own stuff mm-hmm. and we're driven by our ego but it's hard but I think you do have to have the self confidence so you have to have the confidence you do. in yourself enough to know that if you're given an opportunity or you're putting it and you're put in a position to where you got one shot right. sink or swim succeed or not you've got to have enough belief 
in yourself and you have to have enough belief in the clout of your body of work that has gotten you to that point right. to know that you can succeed. And that's what that's what self-confidence is. Self-confidence yes. is 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 self-love. It's it's knowing that all of your preparation and your work and your effort and your visualization and your mindfulness has led you literally to this exact point. No other path would have led you to this exact point. Mm-hmm. You've been there, you've done the work, and now you're gonna succeed. Perfectly said. That's it, that's what self-confidence is. And I have no problem, like, cause I'm a very confident guy, I'm extremely competitive, I think I'm really good at what I do, uh, and I have no problem with people vocal, especially as a pro wrestler, right? You kind of have to vocalize these things, mm-hmm. right? If we're, we're doing like these promos and we're trying mm-hmm. to get, we're try, you know, as, as athletes, as pro athletes in like MLB, NFL, you don't have to, you can, you know, in press conference and stuff, you know. But you still have to have, even in that, you have to have a sense of but, swagger. But you have you to because people are watching and there's yeah. an entertainment value to it. Yeah. But especially in pro wrestling, there's no problem with being like, you know, saying that you're really good at something or putting yourself over on Twitter and talking about the things that you do and have done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the la- the landscape of pro wrestling is not that big. It's still a niche audience. You do have to sell yourself. You have to sell yourself. But you have to sell yourself in a way that's coming off as like, I'm me. This is what I am. This is what I've done. This is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And not dr- having the ego drive you. Mm-hmm. Because then when you get to the opportunity, if your ego is driving you, usually you're not going to be your best self. But if your confidence is driving you, the love of the sport is driving you, then, man, you're going to knock it out of the park. That's an excellent point. Excellent. But, man, we could talk about ego and confidence <laughs> for a while. But <clears throat> that's good. Maybe someone will put that in a video. Right. Put it on Twitter. That's that's money. Yeah. Sell it. Sell it. So, so when you make your when you make your little teaser video for yeah. this, there there was your spot right there. It's it's, it's up to Ben. Whatever Ben yeah. wants to do. You know, Ben, you're good. You, you know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's good though. I think we'll wrap that up. This is a good episode. I think we talked for like an hour or so. Dude, I, I mean, I I don't get many cracks at being in everybody's lands. So yeah, I'm gonna make the most of my my time on, that, right. on the set here. You know? So what what was gonna happen now, basically? Um, there's gonna be a beating. Call which, the police. Which what? <laughs> a crime is will, will not be committed. Will not be on camera. We'll have, yeah. probably have a few more of these Bud yeah. Lights. Yeah. Uh, I got a little more candy over there in the corner. Are you gonna let me ask this before we go though? Okay. Uh, no, it's not gonna be on camera. But are you going to post the results of what? It's gonna happen. I will. I'll, I'll put it on Instagram story of the final results from Brad and I's game. Boom. But we're gonna play MLB the show. I will uh, humble him. Jackson Stone will be humbled tonight. I, I like being humbled. Yeah. Please. Um, but like always, thank you for watching. I appreciate you all. Um, like, comment, subscribe, follow. Uh, Luch Patel got really good stuff. Check them out. Shows in the future. Um, I try. I try to have fun on my Twitter too. I'm not you. I don't have as much fun as you have. But you can follow me at the Breda. T H E B R A D A. I try to have some Don't worry. I try to have some laughs. Well, your, your Twitter and Instagram and Lucha Patel will be all over the Jackson Talks Everybody website. Awesome. So. Um, but yeah, follow You Are Loved Life. Go to youarelovedlife.com um, for all your, uh, you know, You Are Loved merchandise and mental health needs. But I love you. Stay well. Cheers. Bye. Thank you.